The opinions expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. Well, here we go on this Sunday evening, January 15th, 2022. First of all, it's 23. Are you sure it's not 24? So here we go on this. Sunday evening, January 15th, 2023. I thought I said, did I say 22? This is the Anime Roundtable Canada presented by Anime North. You can contact us via email, animeroundtable at gmail.com, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at animeroundtable, and on the web, animeroundtable.com. I said, did I say 22? Yeah. I, I guess you're keeping that in the recording. <laughs> well, we have to. No, you don't. First of all, yeah, you're right too. First of all, can you guys hear me properly? Yes. Yeah? Okay. Because I mean, depending on like, what do you consider proper? Well, uh, do you think I'm actually going through the microphone properly? Because I realized last week after the fact that I recorded through the laptops, through the MacBook's my own microphone. I you mean, know, not through the fancy one. You sound better now. Okay, overall a little better. Enough that it's noticeable, right? You can tell the difference. I mean, we, we tested this out or after the fact, just so you guys knew what the difference was. And while... Re-listening to the episode, it sounded okay. I sounded okay. You guys sounded way better, by the way. Oh, really? I thought. Hmm. Well, and then James, James could, you know, James had his uh, gaming headset on, and you know, it was okay too. You knew what you were getting with that, but you guys sounded okay. But then there, there's a big, there is a difference between. A MacBook microphone, which is above average for a laptop microphone. And then just using a more dedicated one like the Shure here and the uh, Rodecaster. Okay, so if you haven't already guessed one of us is missing, take a guess, folks, who isn't here tonight. And I don't think this is Blue's Clues or Dora. No, no, and we don't have any visuals either. Uh, <laughs> Amy, Greg, Kevin, Ng, Mohammed Shamarki joined me. Um, oh, hi. I forgot. Yeah, hi. Uh, I'm Mike Nicholas. James Austin is just busy. That's all it is. So he couldn't join us this evening, but uh, you know he'll join us again soon. How you feeling, Amy? Uh, not too bad. Since you weren't, uh, since you weren't, well, you were under the weather last week. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling a little better? 
Oh, definitely. Like it's it's I have a greater distrust for East Side Mario's, but aside from that, I'm I'm at about ninety percent at this well, point. I think. Good. I mean, did, did Mario get you? What happened? <laughs> I I blame like I'm blaming the salad because like I got takeout and like I I re microwaved it when I got home, but I opted not to microwave the salad. So that's you know what I'm guessing did me in but it, it, go ahead no it just it was a very unique experience i wouldn't recommend food poisoning to anyone um but it was like i i had like no like it felt like i was like part of a collective consciousness for most of the day like i had like i had no free will um it was it was bizarre like it was an out of body experience um yeah, not recommended. Two out of no, ten. N- never is. Of course, I have my distrust of various brands. Um, <laughs> I I have to ask: Was Eastside Mario's like the only food restaurant near you? Because as others may say, the first mistake was going to Eastside Mario's, <laughs> and I'd say that as a person who's nostalgic for their ads in the nineties. Best but marketing. Ne- and I, mean, I never like, went until like high school. I still think their bread is like it's average, but it's enjoyable because it's garlic bread. Mm-hmm. Um, I you know it was it was a nostalgia purchase for me for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I wanted to treat myself. I've had mm-hmm. good memories there. This is the first time I've had like you know bad luck. So I'll give it a oh, year damn. see if I I trust them again. Um, yeah, I might. Yeah. I might just go for the soup instead of the salad. Is <laughs> okay because well, I heat that up too. I had that nostalgia for them as well when I was in elementary school. So I didn't go until maybe 2007. Hmm. When I went, I thought, "Oh man, like finally get to go to East Side Mario's." <laughs> and you know, I I went, I dined in, and it was just okay. Okay. As a high schooler, I thought this is just okay. Well, it wasn't as good as I thought it'd be, and I have not been since. Well, you 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 sound, but you sounded like a foodie back in high school. Enough of no, anyway. I wasn't. R.I.P. Frankie Tomatoes. <laughs> My oh, they yeah yeah. This was great, man. They were good. I don't know that place because <laughs> I wasn't a local. It, it was an Italian like restaurant in like Scarborough ish. I guess it was Markham. Oh. Markham yeah. yeah. In my eyes, around, in my eyes, is that the place the with same. Leaning Tower of Pisa? Yeah. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, I did not dine there at all. Yeah, I, I lived too far. Couldn't justify they it. They had a following. I remember that. I, was, I remember call this too. See, my 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 nostalgia restaurant of a chain out of all of them is a uh, Saint Hugh Saint. How do you pronounce it? Saint Hubert or Saint Hubert? Saint Hubert. Saint Silent Hubert. H. We, we, you know, we we could, and, and ironically, they get bought out by the parent company of Swiss Chalet, some Aye. two years ago, right? And but, and and for the English. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, obviously, Saint Hubert is big in Quebec, Swiss Chalet through much of the rest of Canada. I'm not totally sure about the West, to be honest, but certainly, in a, certainly outside of Quebec. And to this point, um, I think it's recipes that's is still the company. They have at least maintained the brand in Quebec, and at least um, made uh, some of their dishes available for at least groceries outside. 
actually, now that you you brought it up, it was funny because my parents, they went in for their latest, uh, their latest COVID booster where I used to work briefly. Right. And I had intended to meet up with them for lunch around the same time. And my mom kept asking, is there a Swiss chalet nearby? (laughs) Which there is by the way. But instead, uh, if you were in the Toronto area on Friday, you know that there was some weather issues, some blowing snow, high winds, basically an uncomfortable, uncomfortable day as the temperatures dipped and there was a, there was some snowfall that kind of just made things a little tricky. So the upshot for me was my parents decided to go a little early for their appointment. And then after the fact, as they were driving home, they uh, called me and said, uh, don't, don't worry about lunch today. So I never didn't, didn't get a chance to meet up for, with them for lunch. It, basically, I would have woken up to do so, but uh, they just woke me up from my uh, sleep after, after work and said I didn't have to meet up with them. But they got their, they got their uh, booster anyway. Uh, the pandemic, yeah, that's still, a, that's still a thing, I guess. Anyway. So what did you talk about last week? Any highlights? Okay, so it was really just a smorgasbord. And yes, we're, I guess we, t- we try and get Amy's take on anything we may have talked about <laughs> last week. But Amy admits that uh, you haven't listened to the episode. So you're asking just before, what did we talk about, right? Yeah. Okay. So let's see. I'm going through the uh, synopsis as I wrote it. Uh, James talking about John Cirabella's YouTube channel. You guys watch his YouTube channel? I have still not have given myself oh, time. Man, to do I Neither have I. And I watched it. That is that is that is good. That's just it's the kind of channel where like it's gonna blow up. Like people are gonna subscribe to this guy and like gonna hang on to his every word. I can't wait till he starts streaming. This is like the beginning of like something big, yo. This guy is uh he's next level. Okay, so this might be fun. Mo and Kevin talked about Bleach and Chainsaw Man being on their and maybe a little bit about their plots and why they ended up on their various streaming services. Yeah, Amy, are you watching Big Chainsaw Man? Uh, no, I think I will eventually. The My problem with Chainsaw Man is that um, I work at a high school, so I have a bunch of teenagers telling me and just talking about how bad the adaptation is. So, like, I was excited. Really? I was excited for it, like, leading up to it because, you know, generally I prefer animation to uh, manga for whatever reason. And like I was, you know, pretty excited. It looked pretty good, hearing good things. Um, and I have a bunch of sixteen-year-olds complaining, so it kind of dampered my hype a little bit. <laughs> well, sometimes maybe the book is better than the movie. What are they even complaining about? That's what I'm curious. I think it's just the animation quality. Like they're echoing the what happened with One Punch Man, where um, people have edited manga panels into animations, and it looks like more competent animation than the act than the actual animation that gets filmed. Um, all I've seen of Chainsaw Man is the opening, and it's quite well done. But you know that's not indicative of what's going to be on the inside. It's interesting that they say that because, by all accounts, it seems quite good it's basically as good as what you'd expect from mappa so why why is there a petition to remake it is it not to do with the animation i don't i forgot the details because i thought it was just asinine that someone would (laughs) do that but it's 
I think what it is is that this, there are certain stylistic choices that they make when they're adapting it where I guess not everyone agrees with. And I think it's really just a matter of it's the challenge of adapting it to a different medium. That's what I think it is. Yeah, like from what I've seen of the manga art, it would be incredibly expensive to directly translate that. Um, you know, it it would be probably impractical, at least, you know, some of the levels of like inking detail. Um, like, of course, that's not going to be a, you know, mass market animated series, like maybe a one episode OVA. But even then, there's like challenges of of, you know, animating something. And I don't remember if we addressed this last week. Maybe we did, maybe we didn't. My memory is bad, but I think there is no real production committee with Chainsaw Man. I believe MAPPA did essentially fund this all themselves. If any, If I am wrong, please correct me. That would be an interesting point if that's the case. Like, I, I don't know... Like, I don't know too much about the production committee system, so. Because basically, with, I don't know, 97% of anime TV series, it's a production committee is formed between a few different companies. One of them could be a music company. One of them could be, like, the a, to a toy company. One could be a merchandising company, so on and so forth. And then because... It's a community that everybody pools their money towards the production. Each company has a say in regards to the process. Interesting. And usually you need everyone to agree in order to have decisions made on various aspects of it, if I'm not mistaken. It's sort of... It's sort of like when a TV network interferes with the the writing of certain shows. I know NBC like to give their two cents as to the directions of the, some of their hit shows at at points. In in interviews this week in promoting the next Night Court, John Larroquette talked about his other sitcom, the John Larroquette Show, and he said he how much he enjoyed that first season, but then. The network really wanted to retool it a few times over to get ratings. It didn't help that at the time that show was going head-to-head -head against Roseanne. But he thought, uh, and a lot of people thought that that first season, from a critical standpoint, was, was great. But kind of got ruined at, and petered at, at a point. And, they, and a lot of people lament that this might, that type of tone you can probably get away with today it's just not on network television. Maybe more on um, on cable. And then, uh, and then there are stories that NBC really in, during Seinfeld's run, they really wanted Jerry and Elaine to eventually get back together, which never happened, by the way. But you know, when you when you uh, have that type of money, that type of influence, type uh, stuff going around, you know, you you. Try you can try and steer the creative direction of, of fictional shows. 
that's just that's just one illustration. So you can imagine what it could be like on the on the production committee end, or at least I I think I could, but I could be wrong. It's just there's concepts there that uh, that that say that make it relatable. Okay. Well, anything else? Anything else? Uh, or do do you want me to still continue going down the list a little bit of what we talked about? Yeah, I guess go down the list. Okay. Um, I talked about the the Wired article and the aftermath of Netflix's cancellation of 1899 and how that kind of encapsulates everything Netflix has been facing over the last <laughs> year and the pivot that they are presently going through. And we tried to relate that to how it could affect anime later on. You have a thought on that one? Um, I guess just the fact that, like, you know, since that time, uh, both, um, what's it called? Uh, not close enough. Um, there were, but there were several um, Netflix cancellations. Um, um, oh, I've, the one I watched, I'm blanking Warrior on. None. Sorry? Warrior Nun? No, um, it was the one, um, the main character was a biracial Japanese um white room and it had like a cia fake uh type of thing um the one i couldn't remember earlier was dead end paranormal park that was canceled um let me just up. animation it was really good i liked it i don't know why i'm blanking on it i'm i mean they got rid of the the wix club one blockbuster got canceled warrior nuns midnight club this was uh, just this week oh this week okay so like more recently. Uh, I don't know. Maybe they've been casting shows left and right. It's kind of like their thing. Yeah. And, no, and, I am, uh, I am like really like hitting oh, myself because I that, mentioned that, it. That in Paranormal Park? No, I mentioned that a couple seconds ago. I'm like hitting myself because I mentioned this by name to Mike like during the, the pre show. And now I am blanking and I'm. Ah, well, we can keep going. But no, like this is bugging me to the degree that like so much. Um, I'm looking up like all the animated shows. Inside Job, thank you. Um, oh, yeah. so, <laughs> well, <laughs> I actually saw this. Like, it's a great name. Which I, no, I, I saw name I as saw, we talk about Netflix. I saw both seasons. It was great. Like the, the title just blanked on me there. Like again, I didn't see Dead End Paranormal Club. I had to look that up just now. Um, so the one I did watch and love, I forgot. But like just in relation to that, like Netflix, like the cancellation is so disheartening because like they're canceling things as they're finding their audience, as they're quote unquote trending, like I know that doesn't make a difference for ratings really, but, you know, kind of unique, you know, dead end paranormal park, um, trans mask uh, main character inside job, like a unique, like it was a comedy, like an adult comedy show, but not really like, a, you know, Rick and Morty or like a South Park, like it, you know, maybe skewed that in that direction sometimes, um, but it had, you know, ongoing plots and, and narratives, like, and it didn't make fun of it like Rick and Morty does. Um, so, like, it's it's incredibly frustrating, and, you know, I'm still not over Netflix canceling Dark Crystal. I mean, I get it, but um, just from a cost perspective, but they're just, like, not taking any of these creative risks on... Um, or many creative risks on these animated programs. I think 
Um, I haven't seen it, but Dragon Prince, you know, had, in, I think it's still going several seasons. Um, Castlevania had controversy, but, you know, it had three seasons. So... Castlevania canceled? I thought they were doing a like, spinoff or something, no? Yeah, no, it's it's coming back. But I mean, like, it, it had, you know, controversy and the creator is not a part of it anymore, like the director or something. Um, but yeah, like, I, I don't know what to think. Like, it it seems like don't get attached. Like if something comes out on Netflix that looks really cool, unless you know it's going to be a one-off, like I don't think, um, I haven't seen it yet, but I don't think Cyberpunk is meant to be an ongoing series. I think it was meant to be, you know, a single. Yeah, this is the episode run that's going to happen. Um, And, you know, I'm sure that affects live action. You know, I'm positive it affects live action as well. Um, but I think with animation, it's, it's sad because, you know, a lot of people saw it as this place where you could be more experimental. Um, like, I don't know what network inside job would have went to, like, it's, you know, to Comedy Central. Central. Yeah. Like I could see it on Comedy Central of old, but I don't even know if Comedy Central still exists anymore. Um, but like, you know, for live action series, uh, just this past week, I, I, I guess you could call it binge through the Alice in Borderland second season, mm-hmm. um, which was enjoyable. Um, I'm kicking myself because it was the penultimate episode where like, I'm realizing the main character's name is Arisu. And I'm like, Oh, Arisu, Alice. Okay. And then I'm like realizing like uh-huh. his friend's name okay. is Usagi. And I'm like, okay, rabbit. Okay. And then I'm like, no way you don't think. And I'm thinking about like a, another character named she- um, Shishia. I'm like, oh, Sheshire. Okay. Everything was, I didn't notice this in the first season. How, um, how close it, <laughs> it take inspiration from Alice in Wonderland? I mean, by the end, sort of, I mean, that's a very meta spoiler. Um, but like, it's, it's more like it's playing card themed. Um, so as the basic premise of the show, um, they're, you know, uh, the characters find themselves in a mysterious post-apocalyptic, uh, Tokyo. And there are these giant blimps with, um, cards, uh, sort of draped down below them. Um, and I think other in the first season, there were other ways to see what card um, you were doing. Um, but there are um, basically like um, games that are usually deadly. Um, and uh, you play the games. And if you win, you get like your life expanded. Because if you don't, if you lose a game or if your visa runs out, so your life essentially, a mysterious laser comes down from the sky and kills you instantly. Um, and you can die normally in the games, like with, um, I think people have and will compare this to Squid Game a fair bit. So yeah, you can uh, you can die in the games as well, like in Squid Game. Like if you fall off a cliff in the game, you're also dead. But <laughs> you don't have to wait for the laser. You can lose a game where people are shooting guns or whatever. Yeah, pick your poison. Well, yeah, I enjoyed it. Um the the last episode is a ride um a little bit um ending is probably going to be controversial but when you have you know a mystery is it an isekai type of premise the ending is never going to be satisfactory because you know you're hyping it up in your mind of what the mystery is the entire series 
Um, so, you know, getting to the end of such a series is, you know, it's going to be complex. It's, see, now that you like went on that, talked about all that, like words, like certain words kind of stuck out in what you just said, creative risk, emotional attachment and, and all that. And you just had me thinking, anybody who produces to Netflix stuff or stuff that they think will be on Netflix, maybe they should wrap up a narrative in so many episodes, probably 10. And you're, we're in an era now, or it seem, feels like we're in an era where you can't, like going back to the whole Night Court and John Larroquette comparisons, uh, Night Court ran just under 200 episodes. John, the John Larroquette show got under, just clocked in at just under a hundred. You don't get any series close to those type of numbers these days, at least uh, on a streaming service, and certainly maybe not even on Netflix. Cite cite a show that that w- like cite a show that. Okay, well, I was about to say cite a show that got over fifty, but then Stranger Things probably has, <laughs> right? So, but. But that's an exception and not a rule. And, and uh, but you maybe have to wrap up your narrative in maybe a dozen episodes or less. Or you're something stupid like Big Mouth and get constantly renewed. Um, sorry for anyone who likes that show. I'm just bitter because something like Inside Job, which I think has more integrity and creativity, is shafted, and you know, I mean, lowest common denominator gets to live forever. <laughs> But, oh. but let's not forget, Big Mouth has uh, that guy. What's his face? John Mulaney. You know, there you go. Mulaney. Yeah, I, saw him, I saw him in Puss in Boots. He was amazing in Puss in Boots. Everyone should watch Puss in Boots too. It's a surprisingly good movie. Um, it rips off Spider-Man in the Spider-Verse a lot more than I was expecting. Um, yeah. Just via animation that's style. That's not necessarily a bad thing. No, I'm good. More people should. Um, but it's a it's a good movie. Um, but yeah, speaking of like emotional attachment, like with Alice in Borderlands, like vague spoilers, but like somehow with all the character deaths the trans woman survives so like you know good job japanese filmmakers um <laughs> not play not played by a trans actor so you know you know one step forward um we'll and the series also like doesn't Maybe. let like that character like get with a you know cute lady character but they do think it's absolutely okay for like a 60 year old 60 year old man to have an implied romance with a 17 year old so you know it's still japan Mm -hmm. (laughs) okay you know it's interesting it's interesting that uh i don't know how i did this but a week ago i was waiting through alice in borderland twitter and (laughs) The fans are pretty passionate. <laughs> they create all these like gifts and they do all these collages of the actresses in like different shows and product placements and stuff. I'm like, wow, like this is pretty intriguing. Okay. So do you want me to keep going down the list of stuff we talked about? Sure. Okay, so Something about Miyazaki. This is what I'm reading about. Oh, romantic <laughs> killer. Okay, romantic killer being. I mean, Kevin, you talked about this. Romantic killer kind of being is mislabeled a word. 
Oh, so yeah, just the Cliff Notes version is that Viz is marketing it as a shoujo manga, and it's in their shoujo beat line. But because it's in Shonen Jump Plus in Japan, uh, the shoujo Jose community or the shoujo Jose community will repeatedly, uh, in the comments section, will repeatedly t- mention how. Hey, this is a, a shonen series, not a shojo series. And why are you promoting it so much and not your other shojo beat manga? And this is despite the creator himself saying that he considers it as a shojo manga. And my line was always there's an ends that justifies the means type thing. And I mean, we have to re. I I, I don't want to rehash the conversation because it's because yeah. I want to encourage people to li- actually listen to that part of the conversation we had last week. My take is that it just sounds like a reverse Nagima. <laughs> explain. Like, I mean, well, like, you, you so, heard the so, yeah, so, show, so so with Nagima, the the story is is that Akamatsu's like, you know, I want to do a shonen series and the publisher or whoever was like yeah but love hina and he's like yeah that was my last thing i want to do a a fun action magic shonen series they're like yeah but love hina um so he's like fine i'll do harem and then he slowly just makes it more and more shonen and hopes that the editors don't notice and by the time they do notice they're like whatever is popular um so like you know the fact that he didn't yep. want he wanted to do a shonen but they're like no do something else um not that it was shoujo it was whatever harem counts as um but yeah so it it sounds it seems like there are echoes of that event in this story mm. okay yeah cuz it is a it's the fact that in terms of the marketing they're marketing towards a, a different demographic, at least in the eyes of that community. In the eyes of the show, uh, the shoujo community. Yes. And mine was always okay. It's really always about eyeballs. That's that. That's why I kept saying the ends justify the means. And it's just bizarre to me that they're saying this in spite of the creator saying it's a shoujo manga and. That's really all that needs to be said, I feel. Mm-hmm. But people... Like, discussion over. Yeah, and then... Yeah. Okay, big... And then, to me, just big deal. Do people... Are people enjoying the story? And are enough people enjoying the story? And it's not the first time they Viz has done this in general. Because, uh, you know, Requiem of the Rose King, I believe, is shoujo. But they didn't. They don't put it in the shoujo beat line. It's just in their labelless line. Like they don't put it in a line, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And then, oh, I think Arusa Yatsura is in the Viz signature line. Oh yeah, well that's, then... that's a Shonen Sunday manga. They didn't put it in the Shonen Sunday line. No, no, but their labeling is always interesting, and this is part of the thing about being owned you know, have have uh, significant stakes by both Shogakukan and Shueisha. And, but to be fair, the difference is that in terms of those lines, 
like Viz Signature is not considered the sane in line necessarily. Where, but though that's where most of their sane and demographic titles go to. But it's still like it's just not like a it's like a it's for the boys versus for girls debate like in the traditional sense, which. I don't know. There's, there's. I'm wondering if that's a problematic argument these days. Like, I mean, this is just the old man understanding times have changed. So, I don't know. This is like the guy not always keeping up. All I know is that we'll be seeing this for another six months because Viz has two more volumes to put out, <laughs> and I believe it's a quarterly release. Cool. <laughs> okay. So let me go down further down the list. I, I, I already have a sense of where this uh, conversation will go and the rest of the episode will go. Um, James mentioning uh, mentioning watching latest episodes of Vinland Saga, first episodes of Trigun Stampede. Hey, you guys here? Johnny Young Bash is coming back. Oh, yeah. He'll, yeah, uh, he'll, that's good. Yeah, he'll, yeah, he'll reprise that. his role as Vash. So, you know, you're getting, vo- you're getting voices from... God knows how long ago reprising their roles too on the topic I'm of Bash. reprising their role. So, he, well, I wonder what Johnny Young Bosch will say was his definitive role, anime wise. Anyway, not the power. Forget the Power Rangers. <laughs> just, just as an anime voice actor, what he considers his favorite role, his definitive role. It's got to be Ichigo, right? I think favorite, um, most impactful, and most pro- like profitable are maybe three different answers. <laughs> Well, you know what, and and we had a, I had a like years ago at Anime North when he came to Anime North, we had a interesting conversation because he hosted a video podcast called Anime TV himself, which was put on by. You guys remember that? That, that, was, that was a awesome. corporate thing. Well, you guys didn't like it. That was awesome. I was no, it wasn't that bad. It was just he he all he just did was moderate, and then a bunch of anime fans. It was in that weird era before YouTube. Yeah, it was. It was. <laughs> And, you know, I, he's a guy I would love to talk to in some point. But, uh, well, there's plenty of people we would love to talk to on this show. Give us a call. So, yeah, the, the, we talked a little bit about the first episode of uh, Trigun Stampede and maybe how this will ultimately compare to the other reboots and re uh, reimaginings we'll see in the near future. And we'll get on that later in the year of course let's see some of the other stuff we were watching and reading speaking of reboots did everyone see the the clip that like proved lupin is bisexual i wasn't aware of it like i think it's in like the the weird prequel where he's like a teenager or something um and it's like this really cute scene i don't know lupin so like whatever like his rivalry type guy um hides his face a little bit um he's like on a rooftop with him and like it's this like weirdly like pretty blatant scene about like stealing his heart and it's like i can't believe they're you know doing this it was a cute scene and i I, and on the topic of lupin i know uh kevin i saw I, i saw your link yeah so it's now on pluto tv in canada you're the one who put that up right in the in our in our discord earlier today yeah, it's, it's actually showing. Uh, was it episode one hundred and nine? Okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's pretty the good. Pluto, 
Pluto TV is just interesting. The plight of Pluto TV in Canada was always interesting to me because it was there and then it wasn't and now it's there again, but more sanitized than before, right? I mean, at least as it relates to Canada. So, I mean, I, I had the app in my various devices and you can't, and, and they stayed in them at a point where they were no longer available in Canada and what you could see on it was very limited. But now that they're, it's officially back in Canada through, uh, through Paramount, like, I mean, the selection is good, but it feels corporate in many respects. But, uh, but now that this is up, uh, you know, there's some curiosity, I guess. Okay. Let me, so you want me to keep going down the list a little bit? Well, now, now we're just talking specific titles, but, but I know that the episode ended on two topics I know we'll harp on in some form in the remainder of tonight's chat. I mentioned reading Kaguya-sama, taking out a couple volumes from the library. We're going to talk about Kodansha a bit later on. And then at the very last thing I mentioned was, well, Anime North. Pause for effect here. <laughs> right? What about, I get, I get, our, uh, what about I Anime North? Some, uh, some weeks are better than others. I get some people have rough weeks. Anime North has had a couple interesting days. So have they? I don't. I'm not convinced they care. And well, you know what? Before we dive into this, once again, we remind our audience: we are the official podcast well, of Anime North. And I was about, and I was about to say this episode is brought to you by Anime <laughs> North, but in many ways, in more ways than one. Okay, so let's just start where to start on today and then we'll backtrack to earlier in the week or a couple days ago. As we are taping this approximately six and a half hours ago, pre-reg for the tw- for the 2023 edition of Anime North opened up online. And my understanding is there's, you know, we won't need any um vaccine, vaccine uh, proof or proof of vaccination. That's a term I was looking for this year. It's probably as close to normal as we're going to see now. Let's put that aside. The real story for Anime North this week was on Friday when the hotels opened up. And yeah. How? Okay. <laughs> All I know is that's bottom line. I'm trying to understand the timeline of some of the stuff that happened here. There seemed to be a lot of confusion. This this seems par for the course. For yeah. whenever, these, whenever online registrations of any sort, uh, of anything other than actually going to a- the Anime North tickets happen. We'll probably see a version of this for the Nomi. We'll probably see a stronger ver- uh, a, a, a version, fairly strong, but maybe not hotel strong, when Artist Alley opens up next month. Especially now that it's ha- amalgamated. Yes. That's why we're, we're, I'm referring to it as Artist Alley again. But the hotel thing is always, like this is a guarantee. Th- this is as much a guarantee as death and taxes. 
the things that happen surrounding the hotels. It's just... This one just feels... I, this here's a cliche. This is this one feels different. Can we? All right, what's who can best explain the timeline of events? Because to me, this happened while I was asleep. <laughs> this very much happened while I was asleep on Friday. I just get to see the. I just get to read some of the aftermath. So to set the stage, um. Because Anime North has been getting more popular, um, the way that hotel bookings, you know, it's, you know, it needs to have more order. Like it used to be chaotic. Some hotels would, you know, book, you know, the last day of the con for the following year. Um, you know, sometimes, you know, there'd be, um, you know, oh, this day, the you know, they have on their website, you know, on this day, Delta will be opening on yeah. this day, Sheridan will be opening, etc. I, um, I do want to add something. I just want to add their something. Current, using their current names, but, you know, yeah. all it's these just, hotels have changed. When you say we can do reservations for next year's show, there have been enough instances where the bookings for the next year's show was already sold out before this year's show. Yeah, which is why or, they probably stopped already, that practice, yeah, right? Because, yeah. yeah. Okay, sorry. So, yeah. So, also in the background here, um, keep in mind that one hotel is off limits. So, we have, you know, hundreds of spots that would normally, you know, get filled up that are at this point, the hotel is being renovated. So, as far as I know, um, I didn't. Which hotel are we talking about? Um, I think it's the Radisson. Um, Oof, okay. But, you know, that's again more hearsay like i that's not a hotel i would want so i didn't look into it so deeply um and well i guess we now preface this by saying amy was looking for a a hotel yeah and you know i'll get to the story as my experience with the timeline lines up um so you know the in, so in the background, we have one hotel, you know, out of commission, let's say. Um, we also have the what's called like the main hotel, which is the Delta. So this is where the um, and offices are. It's where most of the panels um, take place. It's the where most convenient Arguably hotel. half the action takes place. Yeah, arguably. exactly. Um, so this one always sells out as instantly as possible. Um, and it's also where um, I believe... Uh, most of the staff have their rooms blocked off. I think in the past it was guests as well, but they've been moved off site. Um, so, yeah, so we have that. And then we have the, what are now called the overflow hotels, which I find interesting. Um, and the one of the interesting thing is because of all business type of stuff, the two, I guess, main uh, overflow hotels, at least in my opinion, on... Um, I guess the south uh, side there are the Sheridan and the Marriott. However, both of them are now owned by the Marriott. So their websites are nearly identical. So this causes a problem. And I think it's Delta's owned by Marriott too. Like most of these hotels are all the same company. Um, so Anime okay, North... on Voicard. Uh, <laughs> Anime North announces weeks ago probably. Um, hotel bookings are going to go online 11 a.m. on Friday. First thing, I think this is incredibly cruel 
to anyone like me, and I'm going to say most people who are working nine to five jobs. It means we need to risk our work or take an intention break that we don't know how long it's going to last or take a day off, whatever, if we want any reasonable chance at booking a room for Anime North. Um, I like I have many complaints and thoughts, but this is my first, like, I think, I think it was a cruel choice to do that. Um, and then I'm sure other people would complain at other times, but it seems like, like, who are they favoring with this? Like, it, I don't know. It's, it was very odd to me. Um, so, you know, I'm looking at 11 and nothing for the first few minutes. Um, and then suddenly I log on. So I'm, I'm not aiming for the Delta just to clarify this. Um, I'm aiming at this point for Sheridan or Marriott. Um, when I look at Sheridan, um, it says, so I go through the dates, you know, the Anime North website at 11 completely changes to only hotel bookings. So the Anime North website redirects to only the two links for the Delta and then the Overflow Hotel rooms. So you can get the special Anime North rate um, and they know that, you know, you're a person booking for, you know, this purpose. So I, I click the link for the Overflow Hotels. I, I you know, start with Sheridan um, and I click um, the link and try to book, you know, Friday to Sunday. Of course, the default is Wednesday to Monday or something like that. Um, so they, you know, hope they're getting people zooming through and spending a thousand instead of 500. Um, so I change the, the dates instead of Wednesday to Monday to Friday to Sunday and get to the next page. And there's all the rooms are grayed out, um, when you're trying to click the reserve and it says, special something along the lines of special rate not available online please contact the hotel please call the hotel oh this one anime north's everything anime north said on all their social media all their posters has they said please do not call the hotel this this is only available online so eventually um i'm so i'm also trying at this point like this is maybe too much information but i'm like looking for hotels for friends as well because um you know at this point um in my life i'm looking to get my own hotel at least at this point unless i decide to become staff again um and you know i still want to help my friends you know get a room too but i'm focusing on myself at this point um, and keep in mind, this is a few minutes after 11, rooms are still grayed out. I notice eventually I'm still on Sheridan. It says all rooms are sold out. And this is probably 11.35, 11.37 or something. So I'm like, okay, that sucks. Something happened. People did phone, even though they said not to, or the buttons ungrade um, themselves. So I move on to the Marriott, which is, you know, a 20 minute walk instead of a 10 minute walk. Um, so I go to the Marriott and they have a single room. Great. Um, I'm nervous, but at this point I'm scared. So I end up booking it. I managed to get only Friday to Sunday. So great. Um, 
And then, of course, I'm still curious, like I'm still trying to maybe get Sheridan so I can be close to my friends or, um, you know, have a closer room. Um, But it still says sold out. And then eventually getting anything other than a single room at Marriott, about 20 minute walk again, maybe closer to half an hour, is also at this point, it's just single rooms available. Um, All multi-person rooms, two beds are are sold out at that point. Um, To go backwards in time a little bit, at I believe about 11.37, so about the time where I get my single room at one of the medium to far overflow hotels, I see a message on Anime North's um, Twitter, because I'm trying to get information on what's happening here, that says, we're looking into what's going on with the Delta bookings. Please send an email to this if you, you know, are having trouble. I think sending an email to an Anime North person at this point would not have helped. Um, But I could be wrong. If anyone had success there, great. About half an hour later, they make the tweet announcement that all the Delta rooms are sold out. So... And eventually, you know, as the hour goes on, uh, most of the overflow hotel rooms get sold out. Um, There's little bits and pieces of social media posts of people getting hotels up to two to maybe five hours later at most. I attribute that to mostly, you know, people booking multiple rooms and canceling once they're confirmed. Um, So, you know, and that will happen probably throughout the next couple months as well. You'll get lucky and you know, things will filter through um, as people cancel and so on. Um, I don't think they'll do formal wait lists, but you never know. Um, And my issue with what happened, and I don't know if this was Anime North's fault or if this was the hotel's fault, but giving contradictory information I thought was, was, you know, horrible and not addressing that if like if because all rumors are all it looks to be the fact that if you did manage to call in there's uh social media posts of people saying they called in were told you couldn't call there's also social media posts of people calling in and getting a reservation that way um i believe that whether this is anime north's you know ball being dropped or some issue with you know the hotel company the lack of transparency and owning up to what was clearly a problem is it really hurts like and this is someone who is is fortunate like i do have a hotel for the weekend um it's not a super convenient one but you know it's you know it's fine and i i have made it clear on this podcast i love anime north um it's you know my favorite thing like almost like you could almost argue that it's christmas Um, i think you said that yeah exactly so i am i'm absolutely not you know blaming them directly here at least at this point but I am disappointed for lack of clarity and communication. And maybe they have justification for not doing that. Um, They might, but I would at least like an acknowledgement of like, you know, like Nintendo saying, you know, we do not comment on rumors and speculation. I would like at least that of saying, you know, sorry, we can't comment on this. Like even that would fill me with so much like restored, like maybe not faith, but like, 
goodwill of like, okay, they at least see that there was a problem. Um, Some degree of contriteness. Is that yeah, a word that we can exactly. be we can use here. Or like understanding that people were were challenged, like especially with you know all the challenges people faced in July. Um, it would have it would have been nice, and you know there's still time, but yeah. I really don't know what else to add to this because you hit a lot of the things maybe I would have wanted to say, but then again, you experienced it. Right. I mean, okay, Kevin, Mo, do you too want to say something before I, and then I'll try give a chime in just another thing I want to say. Cause as I said, this is just like, it's the same, but boy, this felt a little different this time. I mean, I, from my experience, I, I would like to give Anime North the benefit of the doubt. Pretty sure that miscommunication obviously happened. You know, it's a big organization. I can understand you, uh, the frustrations that, you know, attendees are going to have because of this. But I feel like give them some time. They'll come up with like an official statement or something addressing the situation. But at the same time, I'm feeling like this is like an annual situation. This happens almost every year, if I'm not mistaken, right? Like, I don't know if they coordinate with the hotels or talk with them, but like to have specifically stating don't call the hotels and when you try to book, it says, please call the hotel. I think that seems like a mistake and I don't know what type of mistake, but it something went wrong there. Well, it's well. It's contra- a miscommunication. Yeah, it's a, it, and it's contradictory, and you're leading people down the wrong path. If they so badly do this, we're spoiled. I'm going to tell. First of all, let me like most of us remember we are in in the Toronto area, and some of us live for a little further away. Like remember, in my case, I always made that joke. Back in 2021, here we are, 10 minutes south of the Anime North compound in the Toronto West End. That, that was the catchphrase I started episodes with a couple years ago in 2021. So I'm spoiled by the fact I'm close to, to the Anime North area. And while, you know, all of us, uh, all of us are within, it's not the longest driving distance, but this becomes a dilemma to people who are further out. And of course, out of towners who mark this mark this weekend on their calendar. Probably, like I said, like you hinted before, Amy, like it's Christmas. And it isn't just the congoers that mark this. And this is where I'm kind of start to lay some sort of responsibility because we've talked about this in the past that. Anime North is a big weekend for the hotels, for the restaurants, for the businesses along Dixon and Airport Road. This is the their biggest weekend, their biggest moneymaker. Maybe the what what makes the difference between being in the red and being in the black for the year. This is where they make their most their their biggest money. With all those people coming into town. Surely Surely you could pay attention. Surely you could have been better prepared. And I sort of get this. 
in this higher, like in this post or late stage pandemic hiring issue. I mean, yeah, I work in a place that has, that has a lot of, a lot of understaffing issues right now. And pro and, and maybe that's, that's par for the course for the service industry. So maybe the hotels have that going on too. But the hospitality industry in that area, they've had Anime North for the better part of 15 years, maybe even more, let's say closer to 20. They know what this means to, to the area financially. It, when, when we keep hearing these rumors, all those years ago, they might have left, Anne would have left this area. They really wanted to keep Anime North. It was always a thing for that area. And it just doesn't sound like they treat—they didn't prepare for it as such. I'm not going to say they didn't treat it as such, but certainly it didn't sound like they prepared for it. The problem is, is that, you know, I, I love, you know, the, the passion you have there, but it is yep. treating the fans and attendees like they're people, but we're not like as much as as much as I think this was like, you know, painful, like, again, as you said, like, we're privileged in so many ways. Um, like, I feel for the people coming in from Montreal or Hamilton or, or Niagara, um, and further afield international and out of province. But no matter what happened, no matter what chaos, no matter what problem that was going to happen technically, like via email or phone or whatever, they were going to sell out within an hour. Like nothing would have changed that. So they don't have to care because, you know, even like people who would complain, what difference does it make? The hotels get their um, rooms filled. People will still go to the attendant, uh, the con because it is amazing. It's so well done. It's, has such like amazing atmosphere and volunteers and attendees and guests like it is great so even if people don't get the hotel they're still going to come or they're going to keep trying to get the hotels like you know it's frustrating it makes things difficult for people but they still get their money and the little bits of complaining will be little ripples that can be ignored um, like the, yeah oh. Yeah, like even I am admitting that. Like it's it was frustrating for me. It's meaning like you know maybe a little bit more like time thinking. Like whatever. I'm again. I'm I'm lucky, um, but it was still disappointing and frustrating. But disappointing and frustrating has no effect on money. So what's the big deal? It's like, okay. I won't play it right now, but I will play the sound effect. <laughs> Heaven. Hmm. Okay. Did was I? Did I hit? Did I miss the mark with that rant just now? I don't think you did. You know, I thought back to when we had Jesse Betteridge on the podcast, and when he attended Anime North, he had said that it sometimes feels as if. Anime North is held by several pieces of duct tape. And this is one example of this. Remember I used the phrase mess and happy mess? Yes. So maybe this is one of those 
one of the differences between mess and happy mess? So we are now in the second version of this convention after the initial two-year absence. So they can't claim that they're rusty anymore. That is no longer a reason as to how you can flub this. When we say they. I mean the brass. Just any, okay. Or whoever ran this aspect of the operation. Not as if you haven't done it before. And maybe there were some changes between last year and this year. Maybe there are some staff changes. That's a possibility. We don't know. But clearly this is a miscommunication error. Hmm. So as an outsider, you'd think they've done this for over 20 years. How could they screw this up again? And And again. Yeah, I was about to say end again. (laughs) And, you know, but it doesn't surprise me because it's just one, this is just one of the aspects of Anime North that we've come to expect to happen potentially. Now, and I will say I I do agree with Amy in that, uh, yes, it would have sold out within an hour. I think it would have just sold out within twenty minutes, regardless. Yeah, something tells me the time. You something tells me that we're being generous about that part of the timeline. <laughs> and and that I think and that's faster than Artist Alley, where Artist Alley will last eight seconds. That's not even a big exaggeration. We should talk to Squirrely. We really should. At some and point. It's, so it doesn't surprise me, really. Although, two, two things I do wonder about. I wonder how many people have booked several months in advance before this point. Because I know in the past people were able to book their rooms one to two weeks after the con ended for the next year. So they might have been able to sneak that in. So how many were even available in the first place out of this block, so to speak? I don't know. Who knows if that was even allowed, but this was a thing that happened before. And a part of me also wonders if people were able to somehow book multiple rooms just so that they can flip the reservations for people at an increased cost. Because I had heard stories of this happening in the past. <laughs> I was about Because to- I knew a person who knew another person that did this for years where they were, they were able to book several rooms or maybe even over a dozen rooms. I don't know the actual quantity and they would flip those reservations to people who needed them. 
And by flip, I mean obviously profiting off of it. From what That's I saw on the web, a small amount though. From what I saw on the website, they did limit the amount of rooms. You could try to book multiple, but I think the limit was two or three. Okay. Hmm. <sighs> like, like Amy said earlier, it's it's like supply and demand situation. Anime North is very popular. Obviously, uh, there's a limited number of hotels. Even with the best communication strategy in place, people will be left out. People will not get rooms. I think like it's not a full solution, but I think just having multiple windows for openings would would help like that would mean more complex stuff that the hotel probably doesn't want to do and essentially you know have two or three blocks and have you know one block opening up on you know january 13th or something at 11 a.m and then the other one opening up january 17th um or whatever the next weekend is at 9 a.m or something just to give you know, some variety of people in different time zones, if you're coming from out of province or country, um, or people who are working different shifts, like an opportunity. But again, yeah, they don't care, like it's going to sell out. What's the big deal from their perspective? And again, I don't know if I mean Anime North or the hotels at this point, like I'm leaning actually toward the hotels, um, being the the people who dropped the ball here. Like I, I feel bad, like presenting this as um, Anime North's fault. But I, I'm based off of like the technical issues and stuff. Like I think it's more likely it was the hotels, but Anime North didn't communicate or um, you know facilitate that as well as they should have. Yeah, Amy, let me, let me ask you this: How do you feel about a lottery system with the hotels? Lotteries uh... are weird because you know. So my, my history with lotteries, um, as far as this kind of thing, dates back to uh, the mid-late 90s when Furbies were popular. Ooh. And I remember, you know, having to enter a lottery for the right to buy a Furby, which was the weirdest thing. Um, <laughs> so when it comes to the lottery system, like it would increase fairness but kind of like opening two blocks i think it's way too complicated the hotels wouldn't want to deal with it wow you hit something on the head though with me the fact that maybe marriott has a has a a big footprint on hall on the hotels in that area that's that's one thing that kind of stuck out I think what, yeah, I think what people are going to have to do is that like, you know, there's been a lot of talk about the hotel prices going up. They are still cheaper than if you don't book it with the convention. So I think in the future, what people are going to have to do is like decide to pay an extra $300 or an extra $100 per night, whatever it ends up being to book off of the Anime North block and then just like sometime in you know, November or something, if they let you book, and they might not even do that, like it might be completely blocked off because of Anime North. But if they let you in November or whatever, you know, book and then just make that sacrifice to reduce your stress. If that was pop like possible, and I did have the financial means, like I might do that for next year. But something tells me that they would just block off that that weekend until the anime north date but people need to go to the hotels for non-anime north reasons so i'm not sure if that 
you know, would be possible. But I think it's something that, you know, unfortunately people might need to think about doing if, you know, nothing changes, which I'm not even saying it should. Like I like, like Mo, I like bringing up the idea of lotteries. I like bringing up the idea of, you know, multiple blocks, but I don't think anyone will care. Yeah. Um, When when I start to think about this, how much of this is technical and how much is this of this is just regular frustration of not being able to get a hotel room? I mean, okay. I did say all of this and yeah, there was a technical issue. Like you couldn't press a button for reserve. Like there was, there was a landing page that was in error and, you know, problematic and went off and on. That's the thing. That's what you, and you experienced it. It's just, does this happen with other conventions? <laughs> I, I, once again, this is That's the comparison. question. How often, like we're talking about this because it happened here. It happened on the convention that our fandom looks forward to every year. Our fandom in this area looks forward to. It is the biggest weekend for our fandom. How often does this type of thing happen? in our fandom elsewhere or in similar fandoms elsewhere. And I, I get there's going to be a bunch of other variables with it. Scale. Brand name. If it's fan run or not. Yeah. So it's like there's there as much as we trying to still it down a little bit. There, there's, uh, there's some complexities there too. I can't say I, 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 but I don't take back what I said a few minutes ago too, because, you know, it, it, like you said, they get their money. This is a big, like the existence of the convention there, is, uh, is why they get that money. So that, but that, but it feels so in. Like just hearing the stories and, and I have no horse in this race to get a hotel room, but it sounds so frustrating to hear those stories, to read those posts on Facebook, on Twitter. And, you know, I feel for people and Respect their frustration. This is, wow. It's just, um, just sad. Just sad to hear about this, though. To, the, to hear that this is, like, AN, AN 2023. Well, it usually starts off with something like this anyway, but, but it, well, I'm going to use those cliches. Uh, Some things never change. Everything old is new again. Give me another one, right? But anyway, not much from, aside from like the only official statements from, from any anime North social media has been basically to acknowledge the, the hotels selling out. Um, The only other official posts uh, on social medias is to acknowledge the registrations for the convention proper opening it up today, which they have. Uh, 
So um, if you have every intention to come to Anime North this year and put all this aside, it's still a happy show, still a happy mess. As I like to make that joke, tickets are now on sale. And I think uh, it starts at, well, what's the pre-reg, what's the pre-reg uh, price? Was it 60 or is that group, is that group rates through, through clubs? Early bird right now is $70 plus a $4.99 fee if you buy online. At the door, it would be 75 cash only. Single day emissions for early bird are 45 for Friday, 55 for Saturday, and 45 for Sunday. Mm-hmm. My understanding is if you're in an anime club, you probably could get a rate right now in this like 60, 65 range. I'm reading some discords from other clubs. That is the case that provides you a membership with them, with university clubs, that is. Remember, we're ba- remember this show has its roots in, in, in at the York Club and at Yama, and I know that's what they're uh, they're they've started their um, Anime North Drive. Yeah, I wonder if my alma mater's club is still around. Actually, mm-hmm. yeah. And the thing is, it'll always be a hell of a show. Well, once it once it gets going, but. These first few weeks, uh, months getting there, yeah. Yeah. So, Anime North, we're off and running. <laughs> can't wait for the, uh, well, what's in the, well, can't wait for the other stuff to eventually happen. Next on the calendar is Artist Alley. We did mention that. What's the, uh, what's the date on, uh, on that again? Just trying to, just trying to find out the registration for Artist Alley. Okay, Artist Alley applications begin February 11th, 11 a.m. Uh, what's the over-under at it being done at 8.05? I think it. all of this will depend on, you know, I'm not sure if they've announced the specifics of what they're doing. Um, like if it is like a first come, first serve, um, because especially now that it's amalgamated, like all the crafters, so people who make textiles and... Um, jewelry and um, wasn't it lottery before? Wasn't yeah, it, it has been. Yeah, okay. So. I think one year they tried to experiment with like you know depending on like what sort of subject matter and stuff, and that's why I'm curious if it will be a pure lottery or if that will be um, taken into account. Because if you know, I know more than this apply, but if like a hundred people apply. And, you know, thanks to the random lottery, 90% get in and they're all people, you know, who do um, perler bead art or something like that. Um, then that would be, you know, weird to have 90% be, you know, all the same thing. Um, like, hopefully, law of randomness, you know, you, you still get the same variety. But I'm, I'm curious what will happen with that. As I said, maybe we should get squirrely on. Yeah, and I'm I'm sure they would have thought of this. Like I I have, I had I don't know what they'll end up doing, but like I'm sure they must have thought of you know that that aspect of things once they decided to to merge things together. Mm-hmm. And that'll be the next uh, interesting thing I could think on the calendar as Anime North 2023 approaches. Okay. All the guest announcements too, oh, and well, the events, well, and the yeah, I mean for sign like up that. for stuff. In terms of signing up for stuff, yes, we have the uh, the guest announcements. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a 
people will have their uh, <laughs> will have their uh, hopes and wishes on this. As uh, I've now noticed, Mo's not in the conversation right now. So we'll, uh, you know, we'll all be keeping up. Okay, so let's move on because we've said enough about Anime North. It's it can be a bit exhausting. Anime North is an exhausting is an exhausting thing to do, regardless. I think for most people. Like, I'm trying to I'm trying to think of any aspect of Anime North that can be re- can be energizing, but it is it can have its uh, take its toll. So let's move on to the other thing we want to talk about, and that was in the he- headlines of the industry. Okay, so I mentioned one of the things that I was doing was uh, continuing to read read Kaguya-sama, Love Is War and reading it from reading basically library copies of it. Just going to add uh, Mo back in. He, uh, he uh, disconnected for a second there. Hey Mo, you okay? Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just my, uh, my internet kind of crapped up, but I'm back on. Okay. Yeah, I know. Did, did, did it tell you to plug in, uh, plug into the internet, uh, wired anyway. So, Okay, so I mentioned that I was reading Kaguya-sama from the library, taking out volumes from my uh, Toronto Public Library branch. Kevin, I'm becoming more and more of a proponent to be of consuming content, like anime manga content with a library card. I mean, I mentioned Hoopla in the past. I don't know how they are these days, but I've watched a couple of movies off of Hoopla, Asian movies, anime. Really cool, really cool idea. Um, the, I've, the these are the first manga I've taken out from the library. Yes, I, it does feel like they've been held before, literally. <laughs> and 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 maybe uh, the odd volume does feel like it's put together with tape. Certainly creased uh, creased quite well. But That's I'm, more for the course. Yeah, but I'm, I'm becoming more and more of a proponent of doing that. And I guess what we where we go with this is, well, we talk about the we talked about the uh, some of the manga companies and the publishers. And earlier this week, it it came out that uh, Kodansha have decided to make a little bit of news, uh, and they've uh, decided to end their simul pubs of manga distributions on digital service various digital services. First came Azuki, and then came other platforms like Crunchyroll. And they announced, you know, a handful of titles, leaving the leaving some respective services. A few remain. But on top of that, according to Anime News Network, they received a statement saying, what we can say is that Kodansha is reassessing the distribution of its English-language chapter-based content. Any updates on the exact nature of this reassessment will be shared at a future date. And the only thing we all started to think, many of us started to think at the time was, okay, maybe Kodansha is about to go into business for itself in this respect. That would make sense <laughs> to think about it. Yeah. It would make, <laughs> yeah, it would make sense. Okay. What do you see? Like, I mean, you're more the manga guy. Kevin, although maybe uh, not on the digital end, but what do you see? It? What's your take on this already? Because, I mean, it'd be nice if James was here too, because I know he'll have his take. But I know you're more the manga guy of, of the bunch of us these days. 
So what do you see as it with this announcement going? So first off, the specific titles affected by this change on Ozaki is A Sign of Affection by uh, Sue Morishida. Uh, she does a lot of uh, shoujo manga for the most part, but the ones that have come out here are uh, Shortcake Cake by Viz, and uh, they also licensed her previous work, uh, TB Chocho, or in English it'll be called like a butterfly. Uh, also part of this is uh, Carb Capture Soccer Clear Card. Which is a repro- uh, which I heard is uh, approaching its end, right? Mm-hmm. Eden Zero, the newest Hiromashima work. Drifting Dragons was part of this too. Ghost in the Shell Human Algorithm. Space Brothers, which is digital only. To Your Eternity. Uh... Topu GP, which is the new work of All My Goddess creator Kosuke Fujishima, and the newest chapters of Wave Listen to Me mm-hmm. by Hiroaki Samura, or the Blade of the Immortal guy. And then also on Crunchyroll, uh, a lot of their, a lot of, if not all of their Kodansha manga is going to be removed at January 31st as well. So when I saw this, my immediate thought was, oh, Kodansha, it's about time that you're going to put out your own service because that is my suspicion as well, that they will finally put out their own competing app or service that will go and compete with viz so the shonen jump app uh, manga plus which is run by shueisha who owns viz and bookwalker which is by katakawa and of course there are the various other manga apps too that I don't recall off the top of my head. But, you know, a little disappointing, but, you know, they said that they'll have announcements regarding Simul Pubs in the coming months. So, yes, it seems like there is something in the works. What that is, we don't know. Because maybe it will just be somewhere else instead. That is a possibility, too. Yeah, they won't necessarily go into business for themselves, will they? It's interesting because it seems as if Kodansha was a big proponent of let's just get our content out there to as many different places as possible. That seemed to be the mantra for at least the last couple of years because uh, you could find their stuff on Azuki, you can find their stuff on Mangamo. You can find their stuff on uh, whatever that previous pirate site used to be. I don't remember their new name now, but they were even they were even licensing to them. And then you had the Comicsology exclusives, like Initial D and and the Drops of God. 
yeah. on top of them just offering digital purchases too on their own and the humble bundles and so on and so forth. So maybe maybe they feel like they do want to keep it all under one house or or in as few houses as possible. Probably uh, a, yeah, probably amalgamate amalgamate the distribution a little more or more streamline it. It's possible. Like yeah. who knows, right? Mhm. But that's my suspicion that maybe they're finally going to keep it under one roof or two or two. And we, and we talked about this pre-show. I said Katakawa might be one of the only other things I could do what Viz does. Viz presently does with Shonen Jump. And you, you also mentioned, I said Katakawa. I said uh, Kodansha, but then you brought up Katakawa. Right, Kevin? Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that makes sense too. And I think maybe with all the shifting that has happened on the Katakawa side, with Anime News Network actually going in and what we thought and all the conversation we had when this, that sale happened and, all, and the possibilities that could go there. As I said, we're not the only ones who are making these guesses. You got, I mean... We're we're looking at it from a we're trying to see you play as many different angles and possibilities. But you know there are others who are paid to see as many angles as possible. So you wonder so I wonder, you know, how much is uh, how much comp in terms of competition Kodancha is seen down the road and how, how they should handle that. Yeah, like I just I just hope that it stays as a subscription if so i wouldn't mind it too i mean i'm trying to think of uh, of kodansha titles that i would want to read uh, maybe wave listen to me is already up there as a title i wouldn't mind uh, pursuing and i wouldn't mind knowing how uh, card capture does go uh, it does continue in many respects as well because i haven't read the manga i haven't read a uh, clear card the manga i just haven't given myself time also i would hope that if it ends up being something that they develop on their own or with another company that they will also include more of their digital exclusive titles because i will say this as great as that shonen jump app is it is only limited to shonen jump titles and boys over flowers and boys over flowers okay and that is because uh boys over flowers second season technically is considered a shonen anime because it did it was serialized uh actually was that a jump plus i have to double check but like because it was on Jump Plus, I believe that was why Viz did end up hosting it on the Shonen Jump app. And they figured, well, people who read this will have no context for some of the things that happened in it because they didn't read the first Boys Over Flowers or Hanayori Dango for the old hats out there. So... They did put all of Boys Over Flowers in the Shonen Jump app in the vault. 
But Viz's back catalog, while available for purchase as volumes, you cannot read those via subscription because Shonen Jump is limited otherwise to just the Shonen Jump catalog. And it would be great if Viz would do that. Yeah, it is because you just know there's other titles that is not under the Shonen Jump label that are and, worth the yes. worth the read. And if Kodansha decides to have their own service, but have all of their back catalog, or at least start with a decent chunk of their back catalog, that will, in theory, set the precedent. That where the other companies may feel the need to follow suit. And that's the dream for me, because as I've said before, I don't like paying for digital manga. I either pay for a hard copy, or it just has to be so dirt cheap that it makes me consider it, or... I would have, and I would need to have resigned myself to the fact that they won't put it out physically. So, uh, that Kodansha Halloween Humble Bundle they did years ago, I did buy Kasane through that because it was cheap enough, and I suspected they wouldn't put that out physically at this point, and they still haven't. No. For me, it was, it's that. Remember I used that that the the term the Netflix moment for for manga and maybe books in general? Maybe we're a step closer towards a version of that. Mm-hmm. But, but it won't be wait, just wait, wait, wait. one company. It's no, no, but then again, yeah. Netflix is no longer it's no longer just Netflix out there, right? Yep. Because I made that comment when Netflix was very much the only one out there. Or, yeah, we're we're back to the cable days. Yeah, in that for, regard. Um, well, we, well, we can go back to that Netflix discussion from last week, and we had earlier in this episode, right? But this is, you know, for when it comes to Kodansha's next moves, it, it, there's, you know, this. What do we hear? What happened this week is curious. So what they move? What they? will do next is even more curious. It certainly has our, our, our attention. And you're right. It could be, it could spur on a lot of things later on. Like it, it might force the other big names in, in the game to act. I, I guess we'll find out a little bit more when, um, when is Mongo week this year? When is ICV2 doing Mongo week? Oh, I don't know. Because now that now that we've had this conversation, that 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 just came up in my head. Because you know, I'm pretty sure those questions will persist as that happens. Where are they going with this? Right, and how will the boutique publishers react? Well, in the past, now that I've looked this up. Uh, let's see. Oh, nope. Didn't go through that article deep enough, but. Wouldn't be surprised if it's early March. Okay. 
Well, it'll be after it'll be after the artist alley anyway. But there's, as I said, just a fascinating, fascinating little uh, tidbit to have happen this week, and it has our collective gears going again. I don't know what else to mention. Mo, Amy, do you do either of you have a taker? Not really, because <laughs> I, I think you. I know Amy. I, I've asked you to speak enough already tonight. <laughs> well, but just to have your attention here. If you um, are looking for a shonen series to get into with Kodansha, uh, Shaman King and its number uh, numerous spinoffs um, should be available. So if you ever have a shonen inch, uh, itch, I can recommend that. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Like, if if anything would, you know, draw me, you know, to purchase or become interested. Like, I am you know, like I love comics as a medium, like I consider it like as, as an artist, sort of the, the thing that I, I do the most and um, have the most passion for. Um, but, you know, in recent years, like, you know, and this is probably a good thing um, in some ways, like not for me personally, but for the industry, like there's so much available now and so much easier and, uh, you know, legally, which is, which is fantastic. Um but, you know, personally, like if, if I'm, if I'm wanting to get into a, a like a, a comic series, like I'll go, you know, the more, you know, graphic novel, like, um, you know, kind of like what we were talking about with um, Netflix series, like, you know, is there a story that's complete that I can just read in a few volumes or, you know, I'll wait for the anime or um, I'll, you know, look to see what's available on Webtoon. Um, mm-hmm. if, if there was like a, a super, you know, cheap, you know, Shonen Jump type app that was more open and had more variety, like to Shonen Jump's credit, like that sort of franchise or world has become more diverse in its stories, but it's still, you know, limited. Um, although, so- although, uh, although an all-star movie, I still think would be hilariously awesome. I want my shoujo manga equivalent. Oh, that. Yeah, well, yeah. Well, I mean, you hit, you hit, you did hit. When you mentioned Webtoon, I mean, this is probably one of those things that kind of spurred on. A couple of years ago, we talked about Webtoon and Wattpad coming under the same umbrella. And maybe this is some of those, the Japanese publishers trying to get, trying to find their footing in these times making a move like this. But as, as I said, the, the gears just keep turning. And we watch as we, uh, we watch other aspects of the, of the, uh, of the comic industry. As it probably, you know, once again, maybe they've embraced the 21st century a little bit better. And then once again, you know, the Japanese side, sometimes kicking, uh, dragging, kicking and screaming. I don't know if you if you look at the like sort of Western comics, you know, superhero and um, sort of alternative and, you know, the what they call the floppies. Like, I think that um, like, I don't know how good Amazon's comiXology is doing. Like, I know they had all the problems with um, like the technical issues and just the app not being um, very intuitive. But I remember there was a heyday of comicsology where, you know, people were embracing it. Like it was coming out at the same time where, you know, more and more people had iPads 
which is a great format for Western comics and I guess manga as well. Like for, you know, um, you know, that, that size is, is perfect. But I, I feel that a lot of people have, when it comes to Western comics, um, you know, the, the capes, the superhero, or, you know, the adjacent, like your vertigos or or stuff like that. I think that they've either gone back to physical, they trade weight or they pirate. Um, I don't think that the, the digital adoption of, of those have, you know, caught on like the biggest digital release. Um, I think in the superhero realm is the Batman family webtoon, which, you know, is a different type of story. Um, it's, you know, out of continuity as far as the main universe. Um, but they're taking advantage of that new format, that new storytelling medium um, in an interesting way. But it's not really just directly, you know, dig- digitizing what they have. And they still offer things by Comixology day and date, I'm sure. But, you know, I, I don't have the numbers. I, I, you know, don't, like I care in an intellectual sense, but... Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not buying comicsology comics anymore. I've reduced the amount of of Marvel DC comics I I read. Like it's very low now. It's um, you know, there's a Blue Beetle mini series out that I I sort of sub- am subscribing to. Um and then Ninja Turtles and Sonic. Um but, you know, it's it's limited like, you know, there was a time where I would be buying, you know, six, you know, single issues uh, a week or um, when I went to Japan, I'd still buy things on Comixology. It was a neat sort of experience to have all these, you know, um, subscribed and then just some day on my tablet, like, Oh, the, the comics they're they're there. And it was a fun um, experience, but yeah, that, that era is kind of gone for me. Like that was a big, you know, early, early aughts, as they say, early 2010s. Um, I guess more more so that I was, you know, really excited for the future of something like Comixology. I bought the first half of Shaman King on Comixology. Um, yeah, as I said, now it's I just buy trades or I I wait or I you know go to the library something like that. Yeah. Dope. See, what I hate about Comixology is that Unlimited is still not available to Canada. It's an Amazon thing sometimes. Like, how much more expensive can this licensing, can these licensing <laughs> rights be? Usually these rights would just cover both countries anyway, anyway to my assumption. Yeah. Fuck Amazon. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Well, a lot of people want to say that. And a lot of people do. Yes. So, I think... That's why I still haven't finished reading the drops of God beyond what Vertical pushed out because uh, I think it's locked behind Comixology. I'd have to double check, but that would have been the only reason why I would even bother with a uh, Amazon Prime membership because I think when you get Prime, you get Comixology unlimited with it mm-hmm. okay to think that i don't even want it for the two-day shipping i want it to read drops of god of all things <laughs> and uh because honestly 
it really only takes like at most one extra day for it to come from the warehouse anyway, considering how close I am to the warehouses. And well, we're spoiled being in the being where we are a lot of the time. Yep. Like I said. Yep. All right. Mo, do you have a final thing? A thought? Uh nope. Or nothing that came to mind? Aside from uh who knows how your uh how your first recording will uh will upload here. I'm just that's uh that's 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 something we worry about in the future mike but uh but i don't know i mean you know we're we're gonna keep going down this road with like splintering and divisions for each company and wanting to do their own thing and then we'll just go back to the cable model where we'll have like one big company just publishing everyone's smaller (laughs) licensing items and you know it'll be like a a never-ending cycle yep and it'll mean that uh more and more people will remember how to pirate stuff again well yeah i mean there's a certain certain irony i guess about that right because you know it'll get to a point where uh you know some people will decide to cherry pick which services that they'll pay for because most people won't do it for one or two shows one or two exclusives. And so maybe they'll pirate the rest or maybe they'll go, screw it. I'm not going through this effort. I'll just find one place that has everything because that's what most people want. And it even may not though be, they know uh, it, even though it's not, it's not usually a good thing. It, it may not be on the up either, right? Anyway. Well, that's it. We're still, uh, 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 everything still kind of stumbles its way through. But there you go. Anyway, like I said, those were the only two things that were on my mind tonight. Nothing else to really add. I mean, we can talk about what we've been reading and watching, but we've done that already. Uh, well, we haven't really asked Amy, uh, but you've been busy, but I know you're occupied mm-hmm. at the moment. Uh, one thing that you're reading or watching these days, Amy? Well, as I mentioned, I, I finished um, Alice in Borderlands, so that was okay, my, so my big right. one There's that big sort one. of finished, yeah. Yeah, uh, that we that was like an hour ago. <laughs> <laughs> Rather long episodes. <laughs> I gotta ask, now, but uh, now that we talked about what you some of the stuff you mentioned earlier, are your students aware that you're quite an anime and manga fan? Oh, for the most part, yeah. Like I, I will mention, you know, I'll talk, you know, with them about things. It was a while ago. Um, students seem surprised. Um, and, you know, we're curious about, you know, what, what series I liked and then I had to age myself, unfortunately. Bad luck! Um, <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm still aware of, of new series. And as I've been, I think I've mentioned on this podcast, like it is astounding how popular Naruto still is. Yeah. Um, yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that line's still there. <laughs> yeah. It, so yeah, they're aware. My... When when we were when back in the aughts or myself when my um when my sister was in high school uh, she would share some bits of my uh, anime DVD library at school and then the teacher who I found out later was a bit of a fan uh, asked if I had such and such in, in my library <laughs> I'd, imagine, I'd imagine the teacher in question was wasn't uh, too far from my age. It's like, hey, do you own Daphne and the Brilliant Blue? Actually, what they were asking about was Serial Experiments Lane. Nice. Uh, that's a smart teacher. 
anyway. You know, I'm so envious of high schoolers in that regard now. Because, you know, Amy and I, our age range, we're still at a time when, for the most part, we likely still had to hide the fact that we were anime fans or to not overplay it that the fact that we were fans so much like no, i can't fun. speak for amy's experiences obviously but for me i you know some people didn't know i was into anime but and i you know i wasn't made fun for it thank god but i did had to tell people that you know i was interested in certain shows so you know, I loved Bleach and I loved Samurai Shampoo, but I I also liked Love Hina and I also liked Eyes and I also uh I can't believe I'm gonna say this. I also liked Tenchi Muyo GXP. Most people don't like that part of the Tenchi Muyo franchise, but most but but a lot of fans these days probably wouldn't know what Tenchi Muyo is. Oh, but but GXP has a new season coming out, Mike. Oh you didn't know? Oh, boy. GXP, of all things. And then and then people were like, who asked for more GXP? But I'm, go, I'm going off topic now. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, I had to downplay that more or less throughout most of high school. Thankfully, some of my, like, more popular friends at least liked some shows mm. and maybe that insulated me from some bullying who knows but you know they liked bleach and naruto and like i would show them uh stuff like samurai champloo for example stuff that was you know wasn't as mainstream yeah and but they would be into it as a result mm-hmm Look, look, years ago, I got some friends into, into Kenshin. Okay. As I said, we'll have the Kenshin talk again later this year. And then at their wedding, one of their guests had a tattoo of Shishio on them because they introduced Kenshin to them. Oh, wow. Makoto Shishio of all people. Yeah. Uh, well, Shishio, no, he was a great villain. Yeah. Shishio might've been the coolest villain of that time. Right? Sadly, the marriage didn't last, but... <laughs> but we... They'll always have those good memories. I, I think... Now, 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 be, now the fandom is just... A link for people, I think. In a good way. An icebreaker. A means to start a conversation. And maybe <laughs> means to make friends. I think that's the that was always Anime North's power when you think about it, too. And, you know, we'll always be swapping those stories. But, uh, you know, I think we're done with the stories for tonight. We will continue swapping them next time, okay? Probably as early as next week. Hey, congratulations. We got quota done this month. <laughs> and maybe, oh. and, and now I'm going to jinx it by saying, Maybe we have one more left this month. Sorry, Kevin. Last. Oh, I'll just. Oh, well, I've actually read other stuff since last week. So I'll just quickly go through those. Uh, uh, let's see. On the B 
EL front, I read I read Only Serious About You by uh, Kai Aso, and this is one of the this is one of the better ones. This is one of the really good ones, actually, because mm. it it tackles things that you don't always see in manga for the most part, like being a single parent and uh, and experiences from having been part of an orphanage. Well, you know, very, you know, topics that just always get, don't get brought up. But so basically it's, it's, it's medium, not a genre, right? Yeah. Like main character has a single daughter and he works at a restaurant and one of the customers has a crush on him, so he always tries to flirt with the main character, resists his advances, but there comes a situation where his daughter gets sick and he has to stay over at the customer's place for a little while. Okay. That's the backdrop of that series, but very tasteful and... Got a little emotional at times too because of some of the plot developments that happen in this series. Only two volumes, one, only two volumes, but uh, it's a short but sweet title. Cool. No, I really recommend that one. Hey, and and sometimes it's just digestible, right? Like yeah. we were talking about some shows going longer than they should, or how long should a, should a narrative play out? There you go. And uh, I've been reading uh, a certain scientific railgun as well. Uh, I've been slowly progressing through this one. Uh, so I'm in the school festival, or not the school festival arc. It's kind of like a sports festival arc, I should say. And But it's amongst all the schools in the city where railgun takes place. Okay. And uh, I finally witnessed the, great- the greatness of... Uh, misaki shokuho <laughs> so she's like this she's like a blonde long-haired girl that wears these like web stockings and web like gloves too so she has a very distinctive look and she has these like little twinkly eyes mm. but uh it's funny but not funny but i remember years ago uh stumbling across copious amounts of doujinshi featuring misaki and wondering why there was so much of this and now i finally have the context for that and i understand (laughs) but on the merits of railgun itself it is a lot of fun uh good action scenes strong female characters like the main character uh misaka is quite the tough cookie i should say like she very strong, like mentally and physically. Not that she doesn't have her, you know, weak moments, because you know they're high schoolers. But it's, uh, it's you know the the whole world that Kazuma Kodachi builds is uh, pretty cool. So I'm looking forward to seeing how it progresses from here on out. Okay. Okay, I guess I'll mention my reads and before we go. And it's only one thing. I, I I did continue, try to continue reading Kaguya-sama, Love is War. I did mention that. And near the, the end of Volume 7, I will, and almost certainly I will get Volume 8 done within the next couple of days, if only because they're due back at the library on Friday. What do you mean? You can... 
I can probably never. You can be late for like four weeks and be fine. No, but but I don't intend to be because I'm gonna try and uh, hold the next four volumes, not too long after. Yeah, you're you're a good library borrower. Uh, Well, to be fair, I try to actually return by the due date too. Yeah, yeah. Well, I well I have time to read. I I, it's my uh, couple days off, so hopefully I can get it done. Did the new girl show up yet? Huh? Did the new girl show up yet for the student council? Uh, yes. She Mm. she she comes up uh, in the uh, in volume seven. For the first oh, time. okay so yeah good read i'm having fun with it still maybe that's why i well i was about to say maybe, wait that's a uh, shonen jump that's why i that's why i'm to and fro about uh, eventually doing a shonen jump um subscription because i know that the library that t uh, that uh, toronto public library doesn't have all the volumes that are out right now they don't have physical copies of all of them so the remaining volumes i think it's like five at least have to be taken out digitally and there's a wait list for those there's a digital waiting list yeah there's a digital Honestly, waiting list for for the for the remaining for the remaining released volumes right now oh you know what uh not that surprised because when i borrowed dune digitally last year that that happened to me too mm-hmm. so there's a long there's going to be a bit of a wait and that's just the way it is look for i uh, at least i can pace myself uh, with the remaining volumes anyway but uh, we'll continue the conversation, I think, in a week or so. But that's all we have for tonight. So, once again, if you want to contact us, animeroundtable at gmail.com, at animeroundtable, animeroundtable.com. Once again, we'll mention Twitch, uh, twitch.tv slash animeroundtable, because one other thing I hope to do before I, uh, on my couple days off, is to actually crack open the stream deck and the capture card and actually start to tinker with it a little bit. And hopefully that, that'll translate into the YouTube channel as well. As for the podcast side, please leave us a review, if you can, on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and the like, because good reviews will always help and maybe help us find more listeners. And you know what type of uh, reviews we're looking for, right, Kevin? Good ones. As always. <laughs> yeah, please, please leave a rating. Uh, it really would help us out. Yeah, we'd like to know you still exist exist in the first place anyway also if you have a spotify account please check out the anime roundtable playlist for a list of music based on the things we've mentioned on this show and as men- as we just joked we are done quota for the month we hope to do two things at least a month and we've done that but why stop at two regardless though give us a subscribe like or follow on any of the platforms we've just mentioned we're on so you can be notified whenever we do put up something new the theme song is entitled fubuki snowstorm by piko misaki which is the title track of her current album you can check out more of her music at picoinfinity.com or on facebook at pico zen music so until next time thanks for listening and join us again for another edition of the anime roundtable